You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 2022 NFL season betting preview episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. It has been a long time, my friend, since I've done one of these episodes, but you couldn't have thought I wasn't going to do this episode, do this show, do this podcast throughout the entire NFL season. Of course, I'm going to do it. Of course, I will once again bet on every single NFL game. The road to 272 bets is almost upon us. But first, uh, just like I did the past couple of years, uh, I'm going to do a little episode, just an overall season betting preview. I'll be giving my thoughts on all 32 NFL teams. I will give my best bet for each of the teams as I go through them. And then at the end, I will just list off the bets that I am actually placing because I'm not going to place 32 bets on 32 different teams. But I have placed a lot of bets Uh uh, a lot of pre-season bets. Uh, so I'll list off the ones at the end, the ones that I'm actually wagering on myself, as well as my bets that I'm placing for each um, award for the end of the season, as well as my pick to win Super Bowl 57. Now, I do have to address, I did plan on doing this podcast over the summer. I had big plans for it. I was going to have guests. There's going to be this whole big thing, but I'm sure if you followed me on Twitter, um, I did have a bit of a rough summer. Uh, and so the podcast kind of had to go by the wayside, but we are back. Um, I'm not back in New York City, though. As of right now, I'm taking my last week of vacation up in Ontario in the Toronto area. Uh, so I'm just recording my laptop right now. Not going to have any intro music because I don't have my normal file- files. I'm not on my normal computer, but I wanted to get this episode out around two weeks before the season kicks off. It is August 23rd when I'm recording this. Hopefully I'll have it out sometime within the next couple of days. Uh, we're just a couple weeks away. I think, what, opening night two weeks from this Thursday, September 8th? Oh boy, I cannot wait, my friends. If you are new to listen to the podcast, um, as I alluded to earlier, I bet on every single NFL game, 272 games a season. I will have a bet for every single one, so this will be a weekly podcast as we go through. Each week it will get released either Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and in rare cases, I think it's usually Wednesday mornings. These podcasts are available. I might even try to do it Tuesday mornings this season. We'll see. But I will break down every single NFL game on the schedule uh, each week. And I'll have my best bet. It'll either be a spread bet. It'll be a total bet. Or money line. But if it's money line, it'll be on the underdog. I do not bet money line favorites. That is cheating, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, placing a bet on every single game. So uh, I've done this now for two straight seasons. I've been profitable both times. Last season, I was... Very profitable. Well, I think I finished, what, up, I was it high 20s, low 30s? 
I don't know. I'll look at the exact numbers when I actually do my picks for week one. Uh, but this week, or on this episode, I'm just going to give out my little preseason uh, betting preview, a little betting preview for each team, my thoughts, my best bet, how I think their season is going to go. Um, and a quick announcement, quick little um, housework here, just to tidy up before we get things going, just to announce the shows I'm going to be on this season because I'm going to be on a lot. So I will be the daily host Monday to Thursday on Betside of this daily bet slip. That will be at 5 p.m. Eastern live streaming them both on Twitter and YouTube. We would be talking about our best bets for that night. I will also be having guests on for that show twice a week. Uh, of course, we'll be talking about NFL more than anything else. But of course, with the MLB still going on, we'll touch on that. We'll talk NHL when that gets started. We'll, maybe we'll talk a little UFC. Um, so that will be... Uh, I've already been doing that show, but starting at the start of September, I will be the host uh, Monday to Thursday, and like I said, I'll be bringing on some outside guests for that. I will also be, and I already have, the first time uh, was this Monday, um, I'm doing a live stream with Joe Osborne, my former co-worker at Odd Shark. He is now with Vegas Insider. I'm joining him on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays to talk mostly NFL. That is going to be at 11 a.m. Eastern live streamed on YouTube. Uh, Friday's Stephanie Smalls is joining us as well, so that'll be a very fun show. We already did the first one on Monday, uh, this past Monday. It was nice uh, to do a show with Joe once again, because uh, if, I mean, if you've been following us for a while, you know that me and him used to do a show, Guys and Bets, back when we both worked for Odd Shark. Uh, so I'm excited to have a full season working with him again. It's always fun streaming with him. And then Sunday mornings, the final show I'll be doing uh, will be Sunday morning, or Sunday either 11 a.m. or 12 p.m., um, but I will be doing a live stream with Matt Verderam from Fansided, who is an NFL insider, um, and we'll be uh, giving out our best bets for all the Sunday games. Um, so if you don't listen to that week's Bacon Bets podcast, you can get all my picks about an hour before kickoff uh, on that. That's going to be a live stream as well. So uh, you are all going to be sick of my face and sick of my voice uh, but I'll give you all the content that you need to hopefully have a winning season of bets in the NFL. I definitely feel NFL is my strongest sport when it comes to sports betting. I've been on every single game in the past two seasons. I've been profitable both times with everything recorded. So there you go. Vegas Insider Stream Monday, Thursday, Friday. Daily bet slip Monday to Thursday. Um, uh, the ve- um, and then the live stream on Sundays an hour before kickoff. And... Bacon Bets podcast once a week where I give out my picks for all every single game that week 16 games 15 games however many is that week so there you have it that's my schedule this week I'm going to be very or this this football season I'm going to be very busy I'm very excited for it ready to dive into it so I have my notes here in front of me I just tweeted it out before I went live 5,265 words worth of notes for this upcoming NFL season let's get into it now, usually I'd have my little intro song. Um, I don't. I don't have my desktop here, so let's just dive right into it. We're going to start with the NFC, and then we'll dive into the AFC. We are just over two weeks away from the 2022 NFL season. Let's get into it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Okay, here we go. Let's start in the NFC East. Going to start with the Philadelphia Eagles here. Uh, I was a big defender of the Eagles last season. I'm going to ride them again this year. Seventh in opponent yards per play. Seventh in opponent yards per carry. Tenth in opponent yards per pass attempt. Arguably the most underrated defense in the entire NFL. Now, I will say I just praised their defense, but they had one glaring issue. That glaring issue was sack percentage. 29th in sack percentage in the NFL. Hopefully... They addressed that issue with Jordan Davis, their 13th overall pick. Everyone's talking about how key Jalen Hurts is for the Eagles' success this season, but actually I think the next most key player is Jordan Davis. If he can add some kind of pass rush for this Eagles defense, they're going to be a top-five defense in the NFL this year. They also added linebacker Hassan Reddick. He can also contribute to the pass rush a little bit. They need... They need to put some kind of pressure on the quarterback. They're putting too much pressure on their secondary, too much pressure on their defensive backs without having any kind of uh, pass rush. If they can add a pass rush, they will be a top five defense this year. A.J. Brown, obviously a huge acquisition for them on offense. But an underrated acquisition for them is actually, I think, former Colts receiver Zach Pascal. Two very good receivers they had in the offseason. So if Jalen Hurts actually doesn't take a step forward then they're probably going to look a different direction. But if they can add a little bit more of a pass rush with Jordan Davis and Hassan Reddick, if Jalen Hurts can take a little bit more of a step forward, the Eagles might sneakily be an extremely good team and possibly even a contender. I think they're going to be a playoff team regardless. They snuck into the playoffs at the end of last year. Um, 
And another thing that I liked about the Eagles a lot last year, Nick Sirianni, their head coach, first-year head coach last year. Uh, if you remember listening to the podcast early in the year last year, they were throwing the ball too much, and I was begging Nick Sirianni to start running the ball more often because that was where uh, they were finding the most success. And then that's what he did. By the end of the season, they actually ranked first in the NFL in run play percentage. They averaged 5.0 yards per carry, which was fourth in yards per carry in the NFL. So that tells me Nick Sirianni is good enough to be able to identify his team's strengths and then lean on them. And that's a big thing for a head coach to be able to do. So I actually think the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. My best bet for the Eagles this uh, this season is for them to win the NFC East plus 160. And the reason why, and I'll dive right into the next team right now, is because I'm going to fade the Cowboys this season. First of all, and you might have uh, listened to me rant about this already, but Mike McCarthy, by far, in my opinion, the worst coach in the NFL. He's a dummy, a truly a moron. You see all these teams, they're hiring, hiring these young coaches, the Sean McVays of the world, the Kyle Shanahan's of the world. I don't understand why some teams keep keep going back to these old farts, these old dummies. Mike McCarthy held the Cowboys back last year. They should have been much better than what they were with the amount of talent on the roster last year. They should have had a lot more success in the playoffs than they didn't. And a lot of it, I mean, the most glaring issue, the most obvious issue with Mike McCarthy uh, was his time management. Like, he just doesn't know what he's doing late in games. He doesn't come up with good game plans. He doesn't manage the clock well. And this is kind of hearsay, but I don't really think his players trust him either. I think as long as the Cowboys have Mike McCarthy as their head coach, they're never going to reach their full potential. Uh, And we all know Jerry Jones loves to hold on to these coaches because he doesn't necessarily like the best coaches out there. He wants a yes man. That's what Jason Garrett was. That's what Mike McCarthy is. And also people are talking about the Cowboys defense like as if they're a very good defense. And yes, they did lead the NFL in takeaways per game last year. They averaged 1.9 best mark in the NFL. But I think takeaways, and this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I think takeaways is more of a product of the offense screwing up than the defense doing something good. In most cases, in order for a takeaway to happen, either the quarterback needs to make a bad throw, the running back needs to be carrying the ball like a loaf of bread. Now, obviously, there is some skill to either getting interceptions, there is some skill to forcing fumbles. But more often than not, I think it's a mistake of uh, the offense. And that's why two years ago, remember the Dolphins led the NFL in takeaways per game, and then heading into last year, everyone praised the Dolphins as one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they ended up being average at best. I think this year, the Cowboys' defense is the Dolphins' defense from the year before. Trayvon Diggs, a ton of interceptions, but he got burnt in coverage. So far in preseason this year, so far in training camp this year, all reports coming out are that Trayvon Diggs is getting burnt in coverage again. So I think they're going to take a big step back this year. I'm losing Amari Cooper, also huge move that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, he gave a lot of, you know, options uh, for the offense. Now they're, I know Michael Gallup's there, but now they're they're pretty much like a, just a one receiver uh, offense in CD Land. They also lost the right tackle, Lael Collins, Cedric Wilson. Randy Gregory, like, they 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 got worse in the offseason. Some teams get better, some teams get worse, some teams largely stay the same. The Cowboys took a step back. So they took a step back. They still have the worst coach uh, in the NFL, in my opinion. Uh, so my best bet for the Cowboys this year, under 10 wins. I don't think they win the NFC East. 
Um, they could sneak into a wild card spot because there are wild card spots. I mean, the NFC is certainly the weaker of the two conferences this season. They could sneak into a wild card spot, but I'm going to take the under uh, on their win total of 10 wins uh, at minus 110. Uh, then we're going to stick in the NFC East, uh, and let's move on to the Giants next. Now, I don't really know what to say, say about the Giants. I mean, they might be one of the most irrelevant teams in the NFL this season. Obviously, they're a historic franchise. Any New York fans, please don't come after me. Um, but I don't think they're going to be worse than last year. I don't really think they're going to be better. They're just kind of stuck in below-average football hell. It is going to be interesting. The number one thing I want to keep an eye on this year this year is obviously how Brian Dable does as a head coach. I mean, he coached, did a fantastic job as the offensive coordinator for the Bills the past few years. I mean, if he can carry that success to the Giants, they could take a step forward. He's kind of the, the, the key figure uh, this season. But we're talking about a team that finished 28th in net yards per play last season. Their biggest free agent acquisition uh, was Mark Glowinski. Like, they didn't do enough uh, for a team that was one of the worst in the NFL last year. They didn't do enough for me to, like, want to buy stock in them. Obviously, Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal hopefully will pan out for them. Two early uh, first-round draft picks. But I don't really have much else to say about this team. They need to get out of cap space hell from what I have found out. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a cap space expert. But they couldn't do much of this offseason because they're in cap space hell. I think they're paying their receivers, which is not a good receiving core. They're, I think they're spending more money on receivers more than any other team in the NFL. Not good. So what I would like to see is them to take a step forward with Brian Dable and see what happens there. But my best bet for them, and then I'm only doing a, a couple of these, um, is actually a season-long player prop. And I'm actually going to take Daniel Jones under 3,550.5 passing yards. That's found at DraftKings. Because if you take Daniel Jones' worst yards per game mark in his first three seasons and average it out for a 17-game schedule, it is more than this number, to be fair. But he hasn't played more than 14 games in a season. Not only has has he had constant injury issues, but we don't even know if he's going to be the starter all season with Tyrod Taylor breathing down his neck. If he gets off to a rough start, I could see Tyrod Taylor taking over as a starter in like week six. And if that happens, this under cash is easy. Or if he does start all year, but then he runs into some injury issues, as he had through the first three seasons, this under is cashing. Now, if he stays healthy and he performs well for 17 games, the over is going to hit. But do you think the over is going to? Do you think he's going to stay healthy? Do you think he's going to be the starter for 17 straight NFL games? I don't think so. I will bet that he won't. My best bet for the Giants this year: Daniel Jones under 3,550.5 passing yards. Uh, let's move on to the Washington Commanders here. Uh, There's actually a social clip. So I mentioned I've uh, been on daily bet slip and bet-sided live stream. Uh, one day we had to pick uh, what team we think is going to finish with the worst record in the NFL. I picked the Washington Commanders. I didn't think it was that hot of a take. I know that they have a very easy schedule, which doesn't bode well, but they're like 35-1 to 1 to finish uh, with the worst regular season record. I've had plenty of hot takes in my time. This one I've been roasted for almost more than any other. If you look at the YouTube comments behind the clip of me talking about the Washington Commanders, guys are just roasting me. I don't think it's I don't think it's that far off. I mean, this is a team that finished 25th in net yards per play last season, and now they have Carson Wentz as their quarterback. Now I know a lot of people are probably like looking at uh, Carson Wentz and think that he's an upgrade to Taylor Heineke. I don't think he necessarily is. I wrote an article about this as well, but they had almost identical numbers last season. And that was with Carson Wentz with a more talented team, a better coach team. Um, 
and now he has to play behind one of the worst, uh, maybe not one of the worst, but certainly a bottom half team in terms of pass protection in the commander's offensive line. The commander's lost uh, really their best offensive line last year, pro bowler Brandon Scherf. That's not good that they lost him. I know, obviously, he's scary. Terry McLaren, McLaurin is one of the best receivers, one of the most talented and skilled receivers in the NFL, but a receiving core, especially just mainly one number one receiver, is not good enough to carry a team that far. Also, their defense member heading into last season, everyone talked about how good their defense was. People thought they were going to be one of the best defenses in the NFL because they were two years ago. They, they This defense ranked 27th in opponent yards per play, 28th in opponent yards per pass attempt last season. Chase Young after winning Defensive Rookie of the Year, was terrible last season in the first nine games before he got hurt. This is not going to be a good team. Now, if you told me all odds were the same, what team's going to finish with the worst record, I probably wouldn't say the Commanders, but if you want a long shot, Commanders to finish with the worst regular season record at 35-1, to uh, you'll find worse bets than that. So I like that. I also like under eight wins for them at minus 120 and like I said I know the number one argument that has been thrown at me and the number one counterpoint that's been thrown at me um, is that they have one of the easier schedules that's fair I can't counteract that argument and that's probably why they're 35 to 1 to have the worst record Uh, but regardless I'm, I'm very low on the Washington Commanders this season let's move on to the NFC South here we'll start with all the obvious favorites the Tampa Bay Buccaneers it's kind of tough to determine how uh, good the Buccaneers are going to be this season I think it kind of truly hinges on their center, Ryan Jensen. He went down with an injury. It ha- they haven't come out um, and said since he went down uh, early in training camp with that injury. They haven't actually set a definitive timeline for when he's going to return. If he's out for a long period of time, that could spell big trouble. They already lost one of their guards. I don't have his name in front of me, but they lost uh, one of their best offensive linemen and a guard in this offseason. I think he went to Cincinnati. Uh, they might lose Ryan Jensen for a long time, and people say... The way to beat Tom Brady is to pressure him up the middle. If they can get pressure up the middle with not having their guard from last season, with having Ryan Jensen out, with Tom Brady being 87 years old, it scares me to even say say that Tom Brady's going to take a step back because I've literally been saying it for 10 years now and it still hasn't happened. But the writing's on the wall. He missed like one to two weeks of training camp. Uh, just so he could go on vacation with his family. Uh, Pro Bowl guard Ali Marpet also retired. So, like, the interior of their offensive line is vulnerable. Now, I will say what's going for them is they do play in a relatively weak division. Their defense is still going to be a top-five unit. But their win total is at 11.5. They're the second... Uh, the, the the favorites out of the NFC to win the Super Bowl. I don't see it. I think they're a worse team than last year. Also, miss me with his Julio Jones bullshit. Everyone thought that him and AJ Brown would be like the best receiving duo uh, in the NFL last year with the Titans. He barely played. Him being on the Buccaneers is a non-factor as well. Under 11 and a half wins, minus 130. My best bet for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. Uh, let's move on to the New Orleans Aints. Uh, a little bit of an interesting situation for them because their coach actually retired. You don't really see that too often. Um, but they stayed in-house with Dennis Allen. So, it, like, how much of a difference are we going to see between Sean Payton and Dennis Allen? We'll see. That, that's a very interesting situation. Not one that we see too often in the NFL. Usually head coaches will get fired and then just, just decide to retire after that. Um, so a little bit of an interesting situation with the Saints. But we know the Saints have a fantastic defense. 
There's no question about that. They'll be a top five defense again this year. But their question comes down to their offense. How will Jameis Winston perform? I will say people do forget. The Saints were 5-2 and two last season uh, before Winston got hurt. He had 14 touchdown passes, only three interceptions. He was actually pretty efficient. But he was kind of like bizarro role, Jameis Winston, because going into it last year, we remember the old Buccaneers Winston who would throw for a million yards, a million touchdowns, and a million interceptions. Uh, his like yards per attempt, his yards per game were way down, but also so were his interceptions. So it was kind of the opposite version of Jameis Winston from what we are used to seeing. But it was efficient, and the Saints finished 5-2, and two, and then they collapsed once he got hurt. So with him back and healthy, uh, the Saints could be a borderline playoff team. But I do think they're one of the more unpredictable teams of the season, though. I don't really have a confident take one way or the other. Uh, I'm rooting for their demise as a Falcons fan, of course. Uh, but my best bet for them is to make the playoffs at plus 125. I think their defense can carry them. I think if Jameis Winston continues to be efficient, if he can stay healthy, uh, the wild card race in the NFC is pretty wide open. So I think they can get it done. So Saints to make the playoffs at plus 125, which brings me to the Carolina Panthers. And speaking of unpredictable teams, who knows what's going to happen with the Carolina Panthers. Remember when they got really uh, off to a really hot start at the start of last year? I knew it was going to come crumbling down. I knew Sam Darnold wasn't that guy. But now they have a guy who might be that guy. Baker Mayfield's been announced officially as their starter. Um, and their defense was weird last season because their defense dominated bad teams but got lit up by good teams. But at the end of the season, they were at the very least still one of the very best passing defenses I think they ranked in the top five in opponent yards per pass attempt um, but another question mark I have is their head coach I don't think Matt rules a head coach either is a good head coach either he seems to get he seems to want to get back to the college game he doesn't really seem into it. he seems like exasperated in his press conferences uh, I do like some of the signings they made though Xavier Woods Corey Littleton Damian Wilson but there's just once again, another team that just has too many question marks, just kind of like the Saints, for me to kind of say anything confident about them. They could finish with four wins. They could finish with ten wins. And I wouldn't really be surprised anywhere inside that range. Um, so instead, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction here for my best bet for them. I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey, comeback player of the year. Obviously, the player I didn't mention. Uh, hurt two straight seasons. I'm a huge Christian McCaffrey fan. I want him to stay healthy, and I think all he has to do is stay healthy, and he wins that award. I think he'll get it over Derrick Henry. We'll talk about Derrick Henry a little bit later, but I think he's done. I think it's going to come down to McCaffrey and Winston, and with how dynamic McCaffrey is and how important he is for that offense, if he stays healthy, I think McCaffrey will win Comeback Player of the Year uh, at plus 850. Now let's get to my Falcons. <laughs> let's, let's rip this Band-Aid off, please. Matt Ryan's gone. I'm sad. That's basically all I have to say about the Falcons. The Matt Ryan era is over. He has been my quarterback for so long. And now we need to rebuild. And what the tough part is that we can't even rebuild the season because we're in such cap space hell. Because we're still paying Matt Ryan. We're still somehow paying Julio Jones. We really fucked Matt Ryan over. We went after Deshaun Watson. It pissed Matt Ryan off. So then he basically demanded the trade. That's disgusting. But I'm happy for Matt Ryan. He gets to go to a team that's going to be a contender because his franchise is a dumpster fire. I will say, though, I've completely flip-flopped on their win total all season. Um, I actually wrote the season betting preview for them on BetSided probably like three weeks ago, and I actually took the under on their win total when I wrote that. I flip-flopped. 
I'm close enough for the season now. It happens every single year. I've sold myself on the Falcons this year. I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs. They're obviously not going to be a contender. They're not going to win the division. But I actually kind of like the over on their win total. Five wins it's set at, and you can get the over plus 125. I kind of like that. They are strong in a few positions. They have pass catchers. They have Kyle Pitts. They have Drake London. They have Brian Edwards. I'm a huge fan of the uh, running back that they drafted in the fifth round, Tyler, and I still haven't learned how to pronounce his last name, Algier. Um, Huge fan of him. He's had a fantastic preseason. Obviously, Cordero Patterson is still there. Their quarterbacks have looked good through the first two preseason games, Mariota and Desmond Ritter. Who knows? Maybe Desmond Ritter might be our guy of the future. On defense, they already have one of the best young corners in the... Well, not even the best young corners. One of the best corners in the NFL in A.J. Terrell. They signed Casey Hayward to cover the other side of the field. That's huge for them. Um, Now, obviously, the biggest number one issue with them is they have no offensive line and no defensive line. They suck in the trenches. Truly, their guards are terrible. I hope Jalen Mayfield gets cut. They have zero pass rush. They finished last in sack percentage last year. So their offensive line and defensive line is going to be an issue. Their linebackers are going to be an issue. Their quarterback is still question marks around there. But defense, like their secondary and their receivers are actually pretty good units. All they need to do is win uh, six games to cash plus 125. I'll take a shot. I'm kind of sold on them. I think they can beat some bad teams this year. Falcons over five wins at plus 125. Let's move on to the NFC North. Green Bay Packers, I think we're going to see some major regression from the Packers this season. I don't think enough people are really considering how much not having Devontae Adams is going to hurt them. I know they're like 6-0 or something when Devontae Adams is out of the lineup, but this is a whole season, and the receiving core is Randall Cobb, Samuel Watkins, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, and who's that new guy who's like a 4th or 5th round pick that I saw today as a new betting favorite to be the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year? Maybe a couple of those guys might, I mean, they better hope. If none of those guys pan out, um, and God knows if they've had issues finding a number two receiver for like five years now. If none of those guys pan out, Packers are going to be in trouble. Also, their defense is overrated. 13th in opponent yards per play, 28th in opponent yards per carry. They could not stop the run last season. Actually, a big um, that's why one of my best bets for the Packers this season is actually the rookie linebacker, Quay Walker, to win defensive rookie of the year at 10-1. to 1. Because they need a guy who can tackle. They need a guy who can stop the run. And there's a reason they went with Quay Walker, linebacker, instead of a receiver in the first round. They know that's a big need for them. So if Quay Walker can, like, uh, rack up the tackles like Darius Leonard did, or a.k.a. Shaquille Leonard did a few years ago, he can win defensive rookie of the year. So I like Packers under 11 wins. I also like them uh, defensive rookie of the year, Quay Walker. At 10 to 1, which brings me to the Vikings, who I think are actually going to win uh, the NFC North. I think they're too skilled, too talented to not take a big step forward this season. Odds makers seem to agree with me as well, because despite winning only eight games last season, their win total for this year is nine, and the over on their win total is favored. Justin Jefferson already established himself as a top receiver. Dalvin Cook, obviously top running back. Adam Thielen, one of the best number two receivers in the NFL. Kirk Cousins, as much as I don't think he's a top five quarterback, I still think he's just, he's like the nickelback of NFL quarterbacks. Like people just love to shit on Kirk Cousins, but he's actually not that bad. 
I do think they get a little bit better on defense as well, because defense was their big issue last season, 26th in opponent yards per play. I think they do get a little bit better in that area, though. Daniel Hunter is healthy, who was off to a very fast start last year before getting hurt. Uh, they signed Zadarius Smith, which I think is a little bit of an upgrade, but still, their defense is going to keep them from being an actual uh, Super Bowl contender, but I think they can win the NFC North, but I'm not going to get that aggressive for my best bet for them. Uh, just going to take them to make the playoffs at minus 115. Also going to sprinkle a little bit Justin Jefferson to finish with the most receiving yards at plus 800. Kevin O'Connell is their new head coach, uh, which gives me faith. He's the offensive coordinator from the Rams. Justin Jefferson has already praised the new offensive scheme that Kevin O'Connell has brought in. I think he can take this offense to the next step. Uh, I think the Vikings might have one of the best offenses in the NFL this year, and it's going to revolve around Justin Jefferson. So Vikings to make the playoffs, Justin Jefferson most receiving yards at 8-1. to one. They're going to move on to the Detroit Lions, and everyone and their dog loves the Lions this year. Dan Campbell, who admittedly is a lovable character, you got to kind of like him, but he has somehow seduced people into thinking he's a good head coach. It probably also, uh, also helps that the Lions were like the best team against the spread last season. And I will say about Dan Campbell, he's certainly a fantastic leader of men. But that doesn't always translate to being a good head coach. They also have hard knocks. The hard knocks bump this year. That's convincing people they're going to be good. But this is the, the fact of the matter is this. They were the worst team in the NFC last season in net yards per play. Could they be a decent spread bet again this year? Possibly. But that's not what this episode is about, my friends. Outside of Aiden Hutchinson and Jameson Williams, they really didn't do anything to improve this offense or this offseason. Uh, I think people being this high on them are crazy. Some people are betting on them to win the division. Uh, the over on their win total is one of the most popular and most bet on futures of the year at sportsbooks, which is insane. Uh, I think that's crazy. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. They're bad last year. I'll take under six and a half wins at plus 105. But speaking about, about bad teams, one team that's going to be even worse than the Lions is going to be the Chicago Bears. People want Justin Fields to be good. I'm sorry. I got bad news for you. He's not. His rookie season was a disaster. Let's tell it like it is. 58.9% completion percentage, 7 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But also, to be fair, he has no help. Their offensive line ranked dead last in 2021, giving up a sack on 9.67% of dropbacks, the worst mark in the NFL. Now their top receivers are Equanimous St. Brown. I know I mispronounced that, don't make fun. Darnell Mooney and Byron Pringle. So, even if Justin Fields is talented in skills, he has quite literally the worst offensive line in the NFL behind him, uh, in front of him, and probably the worst receiving core to throw the ball to as well. Now, usually, the old classic Chicago Bears would have one of the best defensive units to rely on, to lean on, to get them some wins. Um, but that's not going to be the case this year, though. Uh, they were 15th in opponent yards per play last season, and now there's no Cleo Mack, and Roquan Smith seems to be on his way out. Bad times for Chicago are ahead. I will take the under 6.5 wins at minus 190, and I'll also bet on the Bears to finish with the worst regular season record at plus 750. So I think it's going to be the Bears or the Commanders finish with the worst record this season. Uh, let's move on to the final division in the NFC. It is the NFC West. Uh, the Rams. Defending Super Bowl champions, but yet are somehow still not getting the respect that they deserve, in my opinion. 12-1 to 1 at DraftKings to win the Super Bowl? Behind the Bills, Bucks, Packers, and Chiefs? You're telling me uh, both the, uh, Bill, the Bucks and Packers are better NFC teams this season than the Rams? Two teams that the Rams beat in the playoffs. Two teams who have got worse in the offseason. 
This is a Rams team that finished third in the NFL in net yards per play, so it's not like they just got hot in the playoffs. They were statistically um, one of the best teams in the NFL last season, behind only the Bills and the 49ers in net yards per play. They lost Von Miller but gained Bobby Wagner. They gained Allen Robinson at wideout. Cooper Cup is back. In my opinion, L.A. should be Super Bowl favorites, or at the very least, the favorites out of the NFC. I, I see the Bills, maybe they deserve to be favorites over them, but at least the favorites out of the NFC. I put them way ahead of the Buccaneers and the Packers. Uh, and this is a point that I brought up because I, I bet on the Rams to win the Super Bowl ahead of the playoffs last year. I think it was 10-1. to 1. Um, But this was uh, kind of my main point is that in three of their five regular season losses last year, Matthew Stafford threw at least two interceptions. When he didn't throw interceptions, they won games. And all five of their losses, he threw at least one. Now, those games happen. He is Matt Stafford. But if he can limit those types of games, I remember specifically the game against the Titans last year. Uh, he gave it away to them. It was like, I think he threw pick six, and in the very next drive, he threw an interception that they returned down to the one-yard line that resulted in touchdown. That's 14 points right there. If he avoids those brutal mistakes, Rams, in my opinion, might be the best NFL team in 2022 so that is why my two favorite bets for the rams this year over 10 and a half wins a plus 105 and for them to finish with the best regular season record at nine to one then we're going to move on to the arizona cardinals obviously the big offseason story with the cardinals this year is kyler murray who signed a huge contract but there's a stipulation in his contract that he had to have a minimum amount of hours fill of film watched per week what was it like three or four hours per week Obviously, the media took that story. They ran with it. Kyler Murray had to come out and do a press conference to address it and, like, what, call, like, the media haters or something. It's so stupid. This is the first time that this stipulation has been in a contract. Obviously, the media is going to talk about it. And not only that, Kyler Murray quite literally has been on the record saying he's not a, he's not a guy who watches film. He relies on instinct. Of course, we're going to talk about this. This is, in my opinion, a huge red flag it also probably explains why Kyler Murray uh ever since been in the NFL in the first half of the season people are, he's like MVP favorite people are praising him and then he falls off in the second half of the season uh if you aren't aware of with how kind of like high level football teams work it's coaches have a tough job at the start of the year because they're basing their their game plan and their film study sessions off old film from previous seasons once they get five six seven weeks of film to watch from that season their game plans become a lot more tight their strategies become a lot more tight and it becomes a lot more difficult for uh, players especially quarterbacks to win based off talent skill and as kyle murray put it in instinct teams watch film on, on him they watch film on the cardinals offense which by the way this also is probably a product of cliff cliff kingsbury i'm not a big fan of uh, him as a coach either but this is not just something that you can just dismiss. This is a real thing. He hasn't been watching a lot of film. He relies on instinct. He has bad body language on the sidelines. I know that's kind of an old man take, but I do think there's something to it. Also, if the Cardinals had a strong defense, I could kind of convince myself they're going to be all right, but they don't. Below average in basically every single defensive metric last year. So I will take the Cardinals to finish under 8.5 wins at minus 110. Then we have the 49ers, arguably the best defense in the NFL this season, but their entire team relies on Trey Lance. So if you're going to bet on 49ers futures this season, it comes down to Trey Lance. If he is going to be the guy, 49ers are going to be all right. They're going to be Super Bowl contenders. But if you don't think he's going to be, you have to fade them. 
I'm not saying anything groundbreaking. I mean, I'm literally just saying, oh, it all comes down to the quarterback. Yeah, obviously, he's the most important position. But I'm going to have to feed the 49ers because uh, the NFL season is 17 games long. And this is a guy who hasn't played a full season of football since 2019, and he played it for an FCS team. He had two starts last year that were average, not great. And now he's all of a sudden going to be the guy. He's going to be thrown in as the starting quarterback. He's going to have growing pains. Now, I'm not saying he's never going to be a good quarterback. I'm not saying he won't even be a quarterback at some good quarterback at some point this year. But he's going to have a slow start. And you can't have a slow start in the NFL. You have 17 games. If you lose four of your first six games, you're looking at a 2-4 and four record. That's hard to climb back from. Not impossible, but it's tough. And that's if he figures it out by through six games. I'm saying six games because uh, that's when their bye week is, uh, is week seven. Um, so maybe he's going to come out a little bit stronger week eight. But And this is all, maybe he even sucks. We don't even know. If you think Trey Lance is going to be a good quarterback this year, bet on them to go over their win total. I will not do that. I think early season losses are going to bury the 49ers this year. I might come back to them the following year, but this year I'm going against the 49ers under 10 wins. Which leads me with the last team in the NFC to talk about, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm actually not as low on the Seahawks as a lot of people are, to be honest. People are assuming that because Russell Wilson left, they will be a disaster. I don't know if that's true. They finished 11th in net yards per play last season. That ranked one spot above the Chargers. Is losing Russell Wilson now all of a sudden going to team uh, make a team who was 11th statistically all the way to a last place team? I don't think so. Also, one thing that gives me hope, obviously, I mean, their quarterbacks aren't going to be good. Drew Locke's not not going to get it done. Geno Smith is not going to get it done. I'm talking about in terms of surpassing their win total of five and a half. One thing that gives me hope is that they ranked third in the NFL in yards per carry last year, especially late in the season. They were a very good running team. If they can rely on the run game, if they can play half decent defense they are an average defensive unit last year 16th in opponent yards per play i think five and a half wins is a crazy low total i think they finished with a six or seven they're not going to be above 500 for sure i think they can surpass five and a half wins they'll go over five and a half wins minus 125 for the seattle seahawks so that concludes the nfc teams we are halfway through it is time to dive into the afc teams uh but before that let's take a quick little break i will be right back all right, and we are back. We are fast-forwarded through time. I think I recorded the NFC. I think it was on the 23rd while I was at a cottage. Uh, and I was going to finish the later that night after dinner. Uh, I was going to film. I was going to record the AFC. But I had a couple drinks instead. So now it is August 25th. I'm going to wrap this thing up tonight. And I'm in a hotel in downtown Toronto. Or some people call it the six. Here for a couple more days, and then I'll be getting back to New York City uh, to uh, to begin the grind of the NFL season. My vacation season has come to an end. Tomorrow on Friday, I'm gonna have one final dudes day. I'm gonna go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm gonna gonna go to a, a good wing spot. Go to the Blue Jays game at night, and then that's it. And then my vacation is over and it's back to the grind for the football season and then college basketball and then NHL playoffs. Uh, And that'll bring me all the way to, uh, what, next mid-June, late June? 
But I digress. Let's talk about the AFC. Let's start in the AFC East. Going to start with the Buffalo Bills here, and I'm going to tell you right from the start, if you're a fan of the AFC East as a division, you're not going to like uh, these next four teams I'm going to talk about in my prediction for them. Because while I do think that the Buffalo Bills will be a Super Bowl contender and they'll be one of the top teams in the NFL, I don't think there's any question about that. I'm a little cautious about them this season. Mainly due to how easy their schedule was last season. They had one of the easier schedules in the NFL, and now they have one of the more difficult schedules in the NFL. And they only played six playoff teams in the regular season last year. They went 2-4 and four in those games. They beat the Chiefs. They split the season series with the Patriots. And they lost to the Steelers, Titans, and Buccaneers. And they also lost uh, to the Colts, who were borderline playoff team so not a great record against good teams last year that's a little bit concerning especially considering like I said how tough their schedule is this year I would have liked to see them add a true number two receiver in the offseason they didn't I don't think Gabriel Davis is that guy uh they need someone to kind of go along with Stefan Diggs but I do like obviously they picked up Von Miller Keir Elam um I don't really have anything groundbreaking to say about this about this team, to be honest. They're going to be a Super Bowl contender. They're going to be a top team. But are they deserving of being Super Bowl favorites? Are they deserving of a win total of 11.5? I don't think so. So I'm actually going to take the under 11.5 wins, especially with it being a plus 120. I think they finish 11-6. and six. I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to come out and say they're, they're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to have a bad year. They'll make the playoffs. They'll win the AFC East. 11.5 wins, especially when the uh, the over is juiced. I'll take the under 11.5 at plus 120, which brings me to the New England Patriots. And nothing brings me more joy than to say that I think we're going to see some regression from the Patriots this season. Uh, and the sportsbooks seem to agree as well because they won 10 games last year. They went 10-7 and seven last year. Their win total for 2022 was set at 8.5, a win and a half lower than what they got last season. But my main concern is about their offense because, I mean, they don't really have any offensive weapons. I mean, they added Devontae Parker, but are we sure Devontae Parker is, like, a good receiver? He did have one good year, one great year in Miami in 2019, but other than that, he's either been injured or he's underperformed. So you have a receiving core of Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, and Nelson Aguilar. Certainly nothing to write home about, especially with a second-year quarterback who's still going through some growing pains in Mac Jones. Uh, also, some issues with their offensive coordinators because uh, Josh McDaniels obviously left the team, and now they have co-offensive coordinators with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, who are famously defensive guys. It's a little weird, isn't it? So I actually think they're going to struggle this season, and to be honest, it's about time. You will not see me feel bad for Patriots fans for the rest of my life. They could have a losing record for the next 60 years of their existence, and I would not feel guilty for them, or I would not feel bad for them for a single second. Fuck them. How about that? Uh, then we move on to the New York Jets. Uh, they're getting a lot of hype because they had a good draft, which is strange to me because famously nobody really knows how good a draft is until like three years later. And number two, how often are you going to have multiple rookies have huge impacts on the team in the same year? Um, and this is a team that, don't forget, finished second last in net yards per play last season at minus 1.04. Zach Wilson had a bad rookie season. He finished with a completion rate of 55.4% and a QBR of 28.2. So unless you think he's going to take a significant step forward this season, I would not invest 
and the New York Jets. Their win total is set at five and a half. I don't see any reason to expect them to win two whole more games this season than they did last season. Maybe they improve by one win, but that's still only a five and 12 season. So going to take the under five and a half wins of plus 130 for the New York Jets, which leaves me with the Miami Dolphins in the AFC East. And I don't want two and on after me. So I'll be careful what I have to say about this team. And I would like to point out Last year, the Dolphins had the exact same net yards per play as the Atlanta Falcons did last year at minus .47. Now, to be fair, they did get better in the offseason, whereas the Falcons got worse. But that's kind of how you should view this team this year. Their win total is all the way up at 9. Now, the big red flag for me on offense uh, isn't actually about Tua. So, Tua non, please leave me alone. It's actually the run game, 31st in the NFL in yards per carry last season, averaging only 3.5. They went out and got Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. But I think it's more of an offensive line issue, because even so far in the preseason, in their first two games, I think they're only averaging like 2.4 yards per carry or something like that. So this run game is bad. I don't think Tua can win enough games by himself for this Dolphins team to be a playoff team. I think they need some run support, and they are not getting it. I think nine wins is an insane win total for them, especially because their defense was average at best last season. Give me under nine wins, minus 120 for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and then we, before we move on to the AFC South, uh, I'm going to crack a little beer here. Just give me one second. Uh, what do we got? What do we got? A little vacation Corona. Listen for it. Wait for it. Whew. All right, let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. I need a little sip of beer before I get into this team. Obviously, I made enemies with this team last year. I called them frauds. I was correct. I'll let the record show that I was correct about the Titans being frauds. One of the worst number one seeds in NFL history. Lost to the Bengals in their first playoff game, one and done. And odds makers agree with me because they finished 12-5 and five last season, and yet their projected win total for this year is set at 9 that is three wins worse than their record last season. Now, I'm seeing Titans fans on Twitter saying, oh, we were injured last year. Oh, we're healthy now. We're going to be even better than what we were last year. Well, sports books don't agree. They think even though you are healthy, you're going to be at least three wins worse than you were last year. And I think it all comes down to Derrick Henry, who I've had this argument before in the past. They say, oh, if Derrick Henry was healthy for the whole year last year, he was on pace for 2,000 yards. Um... But I will implore you, and I say this all the time, do not just look at total yardage for these guys. That is meaningless. If I was a running back in the NFL, you handed me the ball every single play in an NFL game, I might get on pace for that amount of yards too, but I'd average one yard a carry. That's what I'm talking about with Derrick Henry. Last year, even though he was technically on pace for 2,000 yards, his yards per carry was 4.3. That is 1.1 yards worse than the year before. Now, obviously, he did battle through some injuries. I will admit he probably wasn't 100% healthy, but he's not going to be 100% healthy for a full season anymore. They've, yeah, I don't know how much tread he has left on his tires, so to speak. They have ran him into the ground. We have seen this happen with running backs time and time and time and time again. If you think Derrick Henry is any different, you would be a fool. He's only like 28 or 29 years old, but we've seen the injuries add up. We've seen his yards per carry drop off. Unfortunately, the Derrick Henry experience is over, and what's going to happen is the Titans are going to try to run it back like they, like they did two years ago and just feed him the rock every single play, and he's going to be disappointing, and it's going to result in the Titans having a losing record. 
Also, by the way, their defense ranked 17th in opponent yards per play last year. So it's not like their defense can carry them either. They did not improve at all in the offseason. If anything, they got worse, especially on offense, by losing A.J. Brown. Under nine wins for the Tennessee Titans. Then we move on to the Houston Texans. And I actually like the over for the win total for the Houston Texans. Over four and a half at even money. I mean, they won four games last year, so they only need to win one more game this year than they did last year. I think they can do it. Davis Mills actually showed flashes of being the most competent rookie quarterback last year, which is kind of weird to see, but he did, especially he had the, he had the least to work with out of all rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Damian Pierce uh, looks like he could be the uh, uh, workhorse for him at running back. Uh, their defense stinks, of course. I'm not Once again, I'm not trying to make the claim that they are going to be a... Uh, a, a playoff contender or a, have a winning record I'm just talking over four and a half wins I think they can do it they uh let's say they beat the Jaguars once uh and then they take on the NFC East a couple winnable games there in the Giants and the Washington they take on the Bears in their extra uh NFC matchup and then they only need one more win so it, it could be done at even money I'll buy a little stock if the Houston Texans were a penny stock I'd buy a couple stocks in them how about that and right now they truly are a penny stock. Uh, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts here. Let's, and I think I've gone on record enough. If you follow my, me on Twitter, if you've seen my videos at all, you probably know where I'm going with this. I love the Indianapolis Colts this year. How, and I see this more in football than any other sport. People have such a short memory. They truly do. There was a point in the season last year, and it was in like the second half of the season. I want to say, if I, I would guess it was like from... Weeks like 11 to 14, people were calling the Indianapolis Colts Super Bowl contenders and being serious about it. Then, of course, they stumbled down the stretch a little bit. They lost in that upset to the Jaguars to get eliminated from the playoffs. Um, and then people just forgot about them. But now you got rid of Carson Wentz, who was incompetent and ruined their chances last year for the Colts. You get Matt Ryan, a former MVP, a guy who still has life in him, a guy who wants a Super Bowl, a guy who has dragged shitty teams much further than they deserve to be dragged for his entire career. You're going to give that guy a defense. You're going to give that guy a running game. You're going to give that guy an offensive line. This team is for real this season, and they are being extremely underrated. As a bonus to all this, this team, the Colts, has the third easy schedule in the NFL based on projected window. Give me the Colts to win the AFC South at minus 130, and I have another bet on them that I'll give out at the end of the show. Love the Colts this year. And because I know the Falcons are going to suck, the team I'm cheering for that actually has a chance is the Colts. Like, obviously I'm still a Falcons fan, but I will be cheering for the Colts this year. All right, that leads me to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who the Urban Meyer debacle last year has allowed people to completely forgive how poorly their players played. Mainly that, like, the play of Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one overall pick, who in college people were saying was the next Peyton Manning. So maybe it's fair, maybe Urban Meyer was that bad that we just need to forget last year for the Jaguars. Maybe not. The fact is, Trevor Lawrence threw 12 touchdowns and 17 interceptions 
He had a he completed fewer than 60% of his passes. He had a QBR of 33.5. So people think just because they have Doug Peterson and Urban Meyer is gone, which is improvement, but people think all of a sudden they're going to be a good team. This is a team that finished dead last two years in a row, and their win total is all the way up at 6.5. And, and I will say, though, to be honest, because I'm not a professional better. But I have seen professional bettors on Twitter. I've seen very sharp guys on Twitter who are very big. Sharp guys and girls on Twitter who are very high on the Jaguars this season. I'm not going to blindly tail them. I just truly don't see it. They're sixth last in net yards per play last season. They don't even have an easy schedule, which a lot of bad teams can have an advantage of. They have an average schedule difficulty. So yes, they'll be better. Doug Peterson's certainly a better head coach than Urban Meyer, but... I'm, I don't know if I'm in on Trevor, on Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if he's the guy. And until I see that he is, I am going to fade him under six and a half wins for the Jacksonville Jaguars, a minus 130. Then we move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, in last year's edition of this NFL season preview episode, I shit on the Bengals. I said that a team needs to build its offensive and defensive line before they get their skill players or else it will be a recipe of disaster. I was wrong. They went on to obviously win the AFC. Now what do they do? Now they said, okay, we got our guys. We have our Jamar Chase. We have our Joe Burrow. We have our T. Higgins. We have some decent guys on defense, uh, at least yeah, kind of in the secondary. But they knew that they needed to shore up their offensive line, and they did that, and they didn't waste time by even drafting rookies. They said, let's go get proven offensive linemen to now complement our young, skilled positions. They got Alex Kappa from the Buccaneers. They got Ted Karras from the Patriots. They got Lael Collins from the Cowboys. They immediately went out and got three bona fide starters, one of them being a pro bowler and Alex Kappa. Immediately. So the Bengals did something that I didn't think was possible. The Bengals... Um, finished first in the NFL in yards per pass attempt last season, second last in QB sacked percentage. So now imagine a quarterback who finished first in yards per pass attempt last season now has an offensive line. This team's going to be dangerous this year, and people are sleeping on the Bengals. They have like the sixth uh, shortest odds to win the AFC. Like people don't even think they're going to be true contenders in the AFC this year. Watch out for this Bengals team. That they. I didn't think they they were building the team the right way, but then it's like all of a sudden they showed their hand and I'm blown away. They might finish with the best record in the AFC. The Bengals might be the number one seed in the NFL this season. I'm taking over 10 wins at even money. I'm taking them to win the AFC North at plus 170. Now let's go to the team that's actually, I believe, the AFC North favorites. That's the Ravens. Now this season comes down to Lamar Jackson. I am personally not ready to say that he's a bad quarterback yet. He had obviously an amazing season in 2019. He won MVP, but now two back-to-back years where he's not been impressive. He went from a QBR of 83 in 2019 to 67.3 in 2020 to 50.7 last year that is regression my friends now i understand he was battling injuries last year i'll give him a bit of a pass on that but unless he shows more of what he looked like in 2019 i might be owed to lamar jackson at the end of the season 
This is also a team that tied the Detroit Lions for the worst pass defense in the NFL last year. They gave up 7.6 yards per pass them. Now, I know they did have a lot of big injuries in the secondary. But still, I mean, the Titans had a ton of bad injuries too, and they still finished with the number one seed in the AFC. Also, I don't think the Ravens really did anything to improve this offseason outside of the draft picks. Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum. So I'm going to take the under 9.5 wins. Uh, it's not one that I'm super confident in, though, because they could come out healthy and they could come out hot. But I'll take under 9.5 wins for the Ravens. I'd lean towards the under. Now the Steelers. Now, just a little quick reminder about the Steelers. They were third last in the NFL last season in net yards per play. I went on record calling them one of the worst playoff teams in NFL history, and I was true. I'll die on that hill. Of all my takes last year, I'll die on that one. The Steelers, shout out to Mike Tomlin for being able to take that team to the playoffs because they were truly a horrible football team by every statistical measurement you can look at. Now, Mitch Trubisky is probably going to start off as their starting starter. We'll see how he does. But their defense was the real problem last year. People just assume they see the Steelers. They, they think they got a good defense. And they do have TJ Watt, who right now is arguably one of the best defensive players in the NFL. Well, he is one of the best defensive players in the NFL. You could argue he is the best defensive player in the NFL. But they allowed 5.0 yards per carry last season. That was .3 worse than the next worst team. So by far, the worst run defense in the NFL. Now, by the way, and this is not something a lot of people are talking about, they have the fourth toughest schedule in the NFL. I think it's going to be a rough year for the Steelers. I think this will be the first time that Mike Tomlin will have a losing record as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll go under seven and a half wins for the Steelers. Now we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns, unfortunately. Deshaun, let, let's, I'll get my opinion out on Deshaun Watson here. And then I'll move on from the Deshaun Watson conversation. Him being suspended 11 games is a joke. The fact that, I mean, first of all, 11 games is a weird number. And then his first game back is against the Texans, his former team. Like, that's 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 such a slap in the face. I guess there is the quote, never let a good tragedy go to waste, eh? Hey. We got to suspend Deshaun Watson for sexually harassing 24 women, but hey, uh, we'll make sure that his first game back is against the Texans so we can rake in on that good uh, rating money. Come on! You can't deny that many. W- They're 20, what, 24, 25, 26. I don't care that he was never technically proven guilty. That's that's too high of a number for me to overlook. Too high of a number for me to be like, oh, they might be lying. I don't know. Well, 24. Come on. The guy's a scumbag. He needed at least a year. 11 games is a joke. It tr- It is. I'm sorry, it is. There's no player I'm going to be rooting for to fail more this season than Deshaun Watson when he finally comes back. I hope against the Texans, I hope they win by 50 points. And I hope he throws eight pick sixes. But that's not what this podcast is about. I do need to talk about the Browns' win total. It is at 8.5. Jacoby Brissett will be the starter while Deshaun Watson is gone. I think Jacoby Brissett is one of the more capable backups in the NFL. Uh, And let's not forget that the Browns' actual two biggest strengths are their run game and their defense. Uh, So even if Jacoby Brissett starts 17 games this year, I still think they can go over the win total of 8.5 wins. 
They were uh, they led the NFL in yards per carry last season at 5.1. Nick Chubb is truly one of the best running backs in the NFL, and their defense, one of the best in the league as well. Uh, second in opponent yards per play last season, only the Bills allowed fewer. So uh, I think this win total of 8.5 is an overreaction to the Deshaun Watson suspension. I'll go over 8.5 wins at plus 110. Which leads me to the final division. I don't think you can argue this fact that the AFC West is the best division in all of football this season. So let's just go ahead and start at the top. The current kings of the Chief, uh, of the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs, will they remain the kings this season? Mm, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I got a little bit of a hot take about the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think they win the AFC West this season. People get seduced by Patrick Mahomes, and rightfully so. Patrick Mahomes is not only arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, he's the most exciting to watch, he's the most electric. Between him and Lamar, Lamar Jackson, the electricity factor, those two might be our, our one-two. But this is the team that finished 13th in net yards per play last season, largely because of their defense. They ranked 28th in opponent yards per play, <clears throat> 30th in opponent yards per carry, 22nd in third down defense, 26th in opponent yards per pass attempt, 31st in sack percentage. That Those are not numbers of a contender. If this was any other team, people would be freaking, about the, uh, freaking out about this defense, but they just think, oh, Patrick Mahomes will carry us. Nobody really talks about how bad the Chiefs defense was last year. I mean, it did cost them against the Bengals. It almost cost them against the Bills. They allowed, what, Bills to score, what, 85 points in that game? And then Patrick Mahomes was like, okay, I'll just go score 86. That's not sustainable. And outside of bringing in a streaky Carlos Dunlap, they didn't do much this offseason to show any significant improvements. On top of all of this, they lost their best receiver, one of the best receivers in the NFL, in Tyreek Hill. So now Patrick Mahomes is Travis Kelsey... Uh, a rookie in Sky Moore, and then a bunch of nobodies to throw to, and then he has a terrible defense. Um, I, t- uh, I think they're still going to be a playoff team. I think they finish ten and seven and finish in the wild card, or they uh, uh, are a wild card team at ten and seven. That's my prediction for the Chiefs this year. So with their, and I mean, let's be honest, odds makers kind of agree. I mean, the win total is at ten and a half, probably lower than what you would think. I'll take under ten and a half wins. Also. Uh, and I'll talk about this more at the end, but my pick for Offensive Rookie of the Year is Sky Moore. I don't think any other receiver is entering in a better uh, rookie situation than Sky Moore. Uh, And that brings me to the Los Angeles Chargers, who uh, every member of sports betting and sports betting, every member of sports media and every sports betting personality loves the Chargers this season, which automatically makes me not want to like them, but I can't, I, I have to admit, I do. I think the Chargers win the AFC West this year. Now, I made that my pick, I made that my bet, and then I tweeted out a poll a couple nights ago asking who people think will win the uh, the AFC West, and even though the Chargers are second on the odds list, the majority of the people say the Chargers. 45.4%, 25.5% say Chiefs, 134 say Broncos, and 157 respect to those people, say the Raiders at plus 650. So that, maybe I have a smart uh, following on Twitter, but that just makes me nervous, to be honest. Um, now, their defense was 20th in opponent yards per play last season, but unlike the Chiefs, 
they actually took steps to get better in that area. They brought in J.C. Jackson, uh, Kyle Van Noy, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, and, of course, Khalil Mack. They also beefed up their offensive line. They improved in areas they needed to improve in. I think they win the AFC East. I'll take them to win the AFC East at plus 220. It's going to be a public and square play, but, but I'll do it. Which brings me to the Raiders. I was one of the biggest Las Vegas Raiders defenders last season, so of course I'm going to like them even more with Devontae Adams on their team. I just think people are so used to them being bad that they can't accept that they're actually a good team. Not only does Derek Carr, who I'm a big fan of, have a true number one receiver right now, it's now going to... Having Devontae Adams is not only going to make Derek Carr better, it's also going to make Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller better. This is going to open them up massively. Raiders were 6th in the NFL in net yards per play last season, 3rd in the AFC behind only the Bills and Browns. Now, an area they did struggle in last year was running the football 25th in yards per carry. I don't know if it's an offensive line or a running back issue. They did draft uh, Zamir White, I believe, from, I believe from Georgia. Um, so maybe if it is a running back issue, if Josh Jacobs isn't the guy, maybe he can take over and produce for them running the football. But regardless, statistically last year, they were sixth in the NFL in net yards per play, and then they brought in the best receiver, uh, or at least a top two receiver. You can make the case for Cooper Cup being the best. But truly one of the best receivers in the NFL they brought in in Devontae Adams. I think the Raiders are going to be good. I'll take over eight and a half wins for the Las Vegas Raiders. Which brings me down to the final team, the Denver Broncos. Now listen, if the Denver Broncos were a quarterback away from being a true contender, I would be jumping on them with Russell Wilson. Uh, but the fact is, they just aren't a QB away, away from being a contender. Last year, their defense was 14th in opponent yards per play, 28th in third down defense, 17th in sack percentage. They will go from a below average team to an above average team. And are we even really sure that the receiving core is that good? I am not. Are Cortland Sutton and, and Jerry Judy as good as DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? I don't think so. If Wilson couldn't succeed with Metcalf and Lockett, what makes you think he's going to be lightning in a bottle with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy? And they defense can, their defense can't carry them. They're in the hardest division in all of football. The Denver Broncos will miss the playoffs in 2022, and I'll bet that happening at plus 120. So there you go. That was my 32 teams analysis. Now, I, like I said at the top, I'm not betting on every single bet that I listed here. I will list the ones that I actually did wager on, and then I'll give you my pick uh, for uh, some awards, and then I'll give you my pick for Super Bowl and for conference winners. Quick break. I'll be right back in 10 seconds while I have a couple sips of this beer. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at all right, we are back. I will list off the bets that I have actually placed now. And they are a lot, to be honest. Uh, obviously, there are ones that I listed at some point uh, during my rant about all 32 teams. But here we go. These are the ones that I've wagered on for the 22, 2022 NFL season. 
I've got Eagles to win the NFC East, plus 160. Daniel Jones, under 3,550.5 passing yards. Commanders, under 8 wins, minus 120. And for them to also finish with the worst regular season record of plus 3,500. Packers, under 11 wins. Falcons, over 5 wins, a plus 125. Vikings to make the playoffs at minus 115. Justin Jefferson to have the most receiving yards at 8-1. to Bears, worst regular season record of plus 750. Rams, over 10.5 wins, plus 105. Rams, best regular season record, plus 900. Colts to win the AFC South, minus 130. Bengals, over 10 wins, plus 100. Bengals to win the AFC North, plus 170. Browns, over 8.5 wins, plus 110. Chargers win the AFC West, plus 220. Raiders over 8.5 wins, minus 130. Broncos to miss the playoffs at plus 120. And here are my uh, awards bets. Comeback Player of the Year, Christian McCaffrey, plus 850. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Sky Moore, 12 to 1. Great value on a guy who I think enters the best situation as a rookie with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL throwing the ball, throwing him the ball. I think the only other arguments you could make would be one of the two Packers receivers, but then which one are you taking? Christian Watson or the other guy whose name is Blanken, who's like the fourth round pick who's exploded the past couple over the past week. Why am I blanking on his name? Packers, rookie, wide receiver. Wouldn't be an episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. Uh, without me Googling something. Christian Watson. Romeo Dubes uh, was the name I was looking for. So which of the two would you want to bet on if you want to take a Packers rookie receiver? Who knows? Instead, I'll go Sky Moore, 12-1. Defensive rookie of the year, Quay Walker. I believe I talked about that when I talked about the Packers uh, earlier in the episode. Defensive player of the year, I'm going Max Crosby of the Raiders at 22-1. MVP, I've got two bets. I got Joe Burrow at 12 to 1. I got Matt Ryan at 35 to 1. I got Coach of the Year, Zach Taylor, 25 to 1. Zach Taylor of the Bengals. And my pick to win the Super Bowl. Let's start with my pick to play in the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl runner up. I'm going with the Los Angeles Rams. I have them to win the NFC at plus 550. Now. Drum roll, please. My pick to win Super Bowl 57. The Colts. The Indianapolis Colts at 25 to 1. Matt Ryan will finally get his Vince Lombardi trophy. The Colts will win the Super Bowl. They brought in a uh, quarterback for the first. Just like the Rams did last year with Matt Stafford. We're about to see the same with Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. 25 to 1. The disrespect pains me. They should be much higher up the odds list. So there you go, my friends. That concludes my NFL season preview. And now, I guess in just under two weeks' time, will be my first episode of the 2022 Road to 272 Bet. So keep an eye out for that if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast, all that good stuff. Let's let's have another profitable year. I'm very excited. I it's this time of the year. I it's been too long. By the time the Super Bowl happens, I'm sick of football, 
and then a couple and then a March Madness passes and then I start to miss a little bit and then there's NHL and NBA playoffs and then we hit the dog days of summer and then I crave football more than anything else I need it in my life I'm very excited to get, to get it back uh, best of luck with all your bets until then I'll talk to you right ahead of week one probably Tuesday Monday Wednesday sometime uh, a couple days before the opening game between the Rams and the Bills you will hear my voice and I'll break down my best bet for all 16 week one games keep an eye out for it I love you all we'll talk to you later Gambler, bless <laughs>